KB Community Spotlight. Queensland Kettlebells is a friendly gym in East Brisbane practicing strength for life. Find out a little bit more about what makes our awesome members tick, their hints, tips and why they do what they do. Um, today's a little bit of a funny one. I, I'm, uh, we're going to be kind of tag teaming a little bit from what I understand where Martin McKenzie and I are going to be half interviewing each other. So we'll see how it goes and, uh, and we'll try and keep it relatively concise anyway. Um, I, I also apologise if the uh, the sound is is not perfect. This is the first time we've uh, we've taken the show on the road and done a live interview. So uh, so welcome, Martin. It's nice to have you here. Piers, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Um, I will just quickly introduce Martin. I, I've I've written in my notes that Martin Magic Hands McKenzie um, <laughs> literally wrote the book on Tuinar massage. Martin works as a massage therapist and lecturer and skydives less than 30 metres off the ground. Oh, that's a nice, concise way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your skydiving, because I think that that's, that's probably a little bit a bit cryptic for most people. Um, I'm not so much an active sports jumper at the moment. I, no, I sold my gear at the beginning of this year because we've been sitting there for a while doing nothing but... Um, in my early 20s I got into skydiving through a neighbour because I'd always had an interest and then had three jumps, freaked out, walked away from the sport for 11 years and then after I completed my acupuncture qualifications I got back into it, a friend got me back into it which was a perfect balance to the last six and a half years of nothing but study and work so it turned out to be a really really beautiful way to relax believe it or not and um just basically chill out so it was a counterbalance to all the mental stuff and hard work i've been doing mm. and uh, and so the the reason i say he skydives less than 30 meters off the ground is not that he just starts off a high platform or something like that <laughs> and, and i don't base jump um but martin uh does this thing where he goes into a wind tunnel yeah vertical wind tunnels so a lot of people call it um indoor skydiving i think that's an easy way for people to kind of get an idea of what it is mm. but it's kind of becoming its own sport so I tend to refer to it as tunnel flying cool so you, you can do it independently of skydiving you can use it as a training tool for skydiving if you want to mm. so just the freefall part of it yeah obviously you can't really deploy a parachute in a <laughs> tiny little tunnel it probably wouldn't end too well yeah yeah that would uh if you're generating enough wind to keep a person afloat and then you put a parachute on the back of someone, that's... Um, It'd be a pretty short ride. There'd be some velocity going vertically at yeah, that point. It wouldn't be too good. <laughs> there wouldn't be any massage that could rescue <laughs> you from that. Not really. I'm sure there'd be a whole bunch of chiropractic and other things that you'd be needing. Yeah. Um, so, we've, we've talked about your name. Uh, the first question that we like to ask people is about themselves, how they found the community and, and what you do during the week. Okay. So how I found the community, I started training with Tamash Fintus. So that would have been going back, I would say probably four years ago. Mm. And um, that was through a friend of mine that skydives as well. So um, Paul Tozer, he'd been training with Tamash for quite a while and he thought that the two of us would get along extremely well. So 
Tom did, sorry, Tamash did something that no one else had ever done. He took me through a whole series of um, basically movement assessments mm. and said that we weren't going to add weight until I was moving properly. And I mm. certainly didn't move properly. So he made me very, very aware of what I was and wasn't doing properly. And then we added weight and I trained with him for probably 18, 20 months before he moved down the coast mm. and um, introduced me to you. So mm. that's how I get to be training at Queensland Kettlebells. Yeah. So Tom, uh, for those of you who live anywhere near Mount Tambourine, has just opened up a facility, um, which is the Tambourine Movement Centre. Um, Tom is an incredibly good coach and uh, and if you're anywhere within that region you you do owe it yourself owe it to yourself to to try and uh, make your way up the mountain um he's having an open day in the next couple of weeks i think it's august 6 great um so martin knows dates that's that's helpful i think it is but don't quote me on that so august 6th at nine o'clock i'm quoting martin mckenzie <laughs> <laughs> um, if it, if it's not that date i'll make sure that i put something in the comments uh underneath but yeah look tambourine movement center run by tom and tom does something very similar to what we do at, at uh queensland kettlebells he's just a hell of a lot more built and uh, and talks with a cool <laughs> accent he does talk with a very cool accent I used, to, I used to like to think that um, I was getting trained by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It's not quite the same, but it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next question, what does a normal day look like for you, or is there such a thing as a normal day for you? Um, Maybe a normal week might be a better, better thing. A normal week kind of looks like... I typically divide my time 50-50 between um, teaching and treating in my clinic. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I'm a contract lecturer at Endeavour College and then I've been working out at Physio 1 Turinga for the last eight years, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what I do. And, uh, and, and try and turn up to training at least twice a week. I'm trying to make it three times a week. That, that's a good week mm. if I can make it there. Yeah. So my days can mix. Uh, my days are quite varied which mm. I enjoy. Mm. But overall, there's a pattern to it. Yeah, yeah. And what inspired you to get into what you're doing now, into the, into the into, massage? Into Chinese medicine? Yeah. Um, that's a long story, and I'll try and keep that as concise as possible. Uh, in my late 20s, I went through a very, very stressful situation, and a friend introduced me to Qigong, mm -hmm. which is one of the branches of Chinese medicine. And I found the health benefits to be very immediate and really noticeable. Mm. And then, sorry, that was my phone going off. Um, so through that, I had attempted a couple of university degrees, bombed out of both, mm. spent a bunch of time working in factories. Um, things just kind of fell into place and I ended up studying massage and I just... I literally had a light bulb moment one day. So I did my first course, which was Shiatsu. Then I went and studied Twina, which is mm. primarily what I do now as far as the body work goes. Mm -hmm. um, third day in, mm. just before lunch, light bulb went on. It's like, this is what I want to do. Mm. And I was fortunate enough to do an apprenticeship with the guy that instructed me. So I went and spent nearly eight or nine months in his clinic mm. I saw how he combined tweener and acupuncture mm. and decided that that was the natural extension of what I was already doing Great. so finished up my 
um, my massage studies back in Adelaide and moved to Brisbane, studied mm. acupuncture, and that's what's brought me to this Sunshine State. Awesome. Very cool. Um, and what's the number one thing that you do that helps your life to feel awesome? That's a good question. I normally send the, the questions to people beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I didn't with Martin because... Um, because we sorry. only spoke. No, yeah. we, and we only spoke about this yesterday as well. Mm. Um, what's the number one thing I do to help myself? I uh, try and get out of my own head. Yep. And that can take a variety of forms. So part of that's my work. Yeah. Part of that's definitely coming in training. Mm. So the training aspect of it has been really important, and it was something that I think. Brent, I'm hoping I'm not misquoting him, but mm. he had mentioned that the training helps a lot with just general well-being and mental clarity, and I can certainly vouch for that. Having been someone that's lived primarily in my head for a lot of my life, to come and do the training and mm. to have it structured in a way that's really uh, non-physically detrimental, mm. it's super, super important. Yeah, it's... um. It's one of the things I think that along the way we've picked up is that, uh, and I think the original strength's been really helpful with it. I used to be really, really tied up in trying to get people stronger all the time as the main main goal, and that's still a worthy goal. But ultimately, creating a space where people can can move, move well, and enjoy moving around other people, uh, I think, will trump space. That strength, but also give people space to to grow strong uh, organically, I guess. Yeah. Well, seeing as you brought that up, <laughs> um, what led you to... How did that come about? Because that's almost like an anti-gymnasium way of training. So I... So how did, how did, we, how did we get here? Um, I think we should probably split this into a part A, part B, <laughs> to be honest, because it's, uh, it's a fair story. I thought it was a natural story. segue. <laughs> it okay. was a natural segue. Um, but I, as I look at that, I think we're going to end up going way down a rabbit hole and, uh, and we'll end up with, uh, with an hour-long tome for people to listen to. And I'm just... Uh, I can never bring myself to listen to those, so I'm, I'm having mercy on other people with short attention spans <laughs> such as myself. Um, I, I love some podcasts that just go forever. I pretty much only listen to podcasts if I'm walking somewhere. Other than that, I need to have distilled, filtered, written thoughts. Fair so enough. audiobooks or like maybe maybe I'll listen to someone who's who's prepared like presenting a prepared yeah uh, uh, message or something like that. But it's um it's. I cannot do the unfiltered thing for longer than half an hour. That's fair enough. Um, so we will definitely cover that. Awesome. I'm looking Excellent forward to segue. that. Excellent. Um, tell us about your athletic background. I don't really have one. Okay. And that was something that I was discussing with Margie um, mm. a couple of weeks ago because one of the things that both of us have found really beneficial is that for those of us that don't have a background of anything that's very physical, to have a community to come to mm. makes you want to come to training. Mm. Yeah, because um, it's not about what your starting point is, is it? Like, it's it's about just, you know, living your journey. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, 
when I was at school, we had to participate in some sports. Mm. So I played soccer badly, mm. like really badly. Mm. Um, cricket, I enjoyed that, but I wasn't very good at it. And then when it came to the academic side of things, that was just pretty much what I focused on. I came, I've, I come from a very musical and academic family. Mm. So that was primarily what we went and did. It disappeared into my head. And not being physically oriented or not having balanced those two parts of myself out, mm. um, it was something that I needed to address. Mm. So um, just prior to... The, the months prior to starting to train with Tamash, mm. um, I'd gone through a relationship breakup and mm. part of it was like, A, I've got workaholic tendencies, mm. which isn't really good when you're trying to hang out with someone. Yep. Um, and B, I, don't really, I hadn't really looked after myself. Mm. And I guess that can't be a bunch of fun to be around. Mm. So when, when we split and I had time to sit down and kind of process things and think about it, it was like, well, nearly 40 years old, time to take care of it. Yeah. Which yeah. is much better than not starting at all. Yeah, yeah, because it's um, you know the the we've uh, many of us would have seen the the stats around, you know, typical adults start losing muscle mass from thirty on, and it's it's you know one percent or something like that. Yeah, and I'm built like a stick anyway, so <laughs> it's kind of you know I'm already on yeah. the back foot and just steadily marching backwards. Academics are known for their great build. I said no one ever. <laughs> um, do you have a specific goal at the moment? And if so, what is it? Uh, the training's pretty much focused around um, just becoming stronger so I can train better when I go fly in the tunnel. Mm -hmm. um, my preferred style of flying is free flying. Mm -hmm. So it's not the belly flying that most people see. Mm. So the orientation is either feet or head first mm. or any angle in between, which can be fairly strenuous, mm. especially if you're learning how to hold static positions in the tunnel. So yeah. trying to fly head down, mm. excuse me, where you're basically trying to balance off your legs. The wind speeds are around 260 to 280 k's an hour. Mm. Um, you need to be strong. Yeah. So that's primarily what I train for. That's the physical side of it, but also to try and help keep um, the mental side of things better balanced. This year's been, it's mm. had its challenges. Yeah, yeah. And um, your book, mm. I would imagine, is a fairly important goal for you this year. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the wind went out of the sails earlier on this year due to life circumstances, but mm. um, yeah, it's I'm going to have to get that done this year. Yeah. So when you say I've literally written the book, no, I've written, I've mostly written a book, um, but there's a joke. There's one author asks the other, um, how's your book coming along? He says, oh, it's 90% finished. He goes, great, only 50% to go then. <laughs> so it's a bit like that. Um, the last part of it's just been difficult to get over. Yeah. But home stretch is there. I've just got to knuckle down and do it. Like a marathon where halfway is 30Ks in, right? I have no idea. I don't know if I'll ever do it, but yeah, I assume so. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm obviously not talking from my experience <laughs> with that. Um, but people who uh, who have that sort of uh, mental toughness have told me that 30Ks can be pretty hard in a marathon. I'm sure it is. Um, what was the last book you read and what was notable about it? 
Ooh, good question. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Sure. Um, I guess possibly... We're clearly in the flight path, by yeah. the way. Um, there's an author called Stephen Pressfield yep. who's done a lot of research historical stuff but he also writes, I don't want to call it motivational, but more encouragement works, so... Nick McMillan, I still have The War of Art. I'm very oh, sorry that I haven't brought that back for you. What a good book. <laughs> so that's part of a trilogy he's written. So there's The War of Art, Do the Work, and then um, Turning Pro. Mm. And I think the last one I listened to, again, I've listened to it repeatedly, was either uh, The War of Art and Do the Work, mm. just to give me a good kick in the pants. Mm. So I've had that in the car, and maybe two, three times a year I'll shove it in yeah. and listen to it. So that's probably the last thing that I've listened to. The last physical book that I read was um, Only Half There or Already Half There by Devin Townsend. It's his autobiography. He's a Canadian okay. musician. He's mm. one of my favourites. Okay. Yeah. Very, very interesting man. Yeah, I've I've not heard of Devin Townsend. What sort of music does he do? He does everything from ambient through to very heavy metal. Okay. Extremely heavy metal. What he's doing at the moment has been described as metal ABBA. Mm. So it's kind of very melodic, heavy stuff. Um, but, yeah, phenomenal artist. Metal ABBA. So, like... When I think of melodic metal, I think of bands like Nightwish and things like that, where they've got the operatic... Sorry, not melodic metal. When I think of, of that sort of thing, um, that operatic kind of background where they've mixed two sorts of styles, is he doing a similar thing but with nah, like not pop really. music? Um, consider it kind of like a, a pop metal th- sort of thing. Okay. Quite often he collaborates with a beautiful Dutch vocalist, Annika um, van Gisbergen and their stuff together it's just I don't know it's lovely it's lovely can I call heavy stuff lovely it's lovely <laughs> it's really good it's a lot of fun yep. he, do- he doesn't take himself seriously okay which is a really lovely thing within the metal kind of genres a lot of them seem to take themselves seriously but his stuff is very uplifting mm. favourite food Asian Asian food just yeah, generally just generally like um one of the most amazing meals I've had was Cambodian food in Philadelphia. Yeah. And my friend Tim and I sat down and just gorged ourselves stupid, um, swore a lot because it was just really good, mm. and it was one of those memorable things. Haven't found a Cambodian restaurant here yet, mm. um, but I love Indian, Thai, Vietnamese, Chinese, you name it. So pretty that pretty well covers the continent, just about. I, I guess the Russian food is probably the... Uh... Have you tried... I don't... I don't like, borscht? I don't know. I've drunk vodka. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Um, fair enough. Asian food, I'll go with that. That's... Uh, mm. you, you, you're covering a, a number of the uh, the countries in there as well, so it seems like the right category. Thanks. Um, yeah. We've, uh, we've talked about your hobbies a little bit. Are there any others that we haven't touched on? Uh, not really. I don't think so. Um, I think you kind of already gathered that a large part of my brain tends to be preoccupied with music quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that I studied. I grew up around music, so mm-hmm. music's still very much something that 
I'm heavily engaged in. Mm. Um, I don't participate in it as much as I used to. Um, hopefully, it might change that this year or yeah, next year. I'll soon, soon, soon. Eventually, in. yeah. Should go back and get more guitar lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I feel like we've covered why you choose to train at, at Queensland Kettlebells as well. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Flight. Flight. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> that that really shouldn't have been hard to guess. Um, I think invisibility would be cool as well, but flight would be pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, that's that's the majority of the questions that I normally ask. In terms of upcoming events, um, we've got Sean Cairns rocking up uh, late in August to teach a beginner kettlebell or a foundational kettlebell course for Strong First. He's then also running his own um, course on the windmill, the snatch, um, and a couple of other movements. If you've already done the uh, the kettlebell course, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think I've done about 20 or 30 of them. Is that all? And I still learn every time. Um, so it's, it's well worth uh, making your way down for that at least once. The other thing is the second day. Uh, if you're looking at certifying in November when Sean comes again, um, you really do want to try and make it to one of these these courses because they they make a big jump in your understanding of what you're doing. Uh, alongside that, the landing page for our our adventure in Stanthorpe will go up shortly. Excellent. Um, yeah. So. We're looking to have a group of probably... Uh, we're probably going to have 12 spots available for that, um, which is not as many as I was hoping for, but the nature of things is we'd rather people all in the roof, inside the roof, uh, under the... How, in the <laughs> Let me try again. We'd like everyone to be in a house rather than... Uh, under the same roof. Outside in the shearing quarters um, in winter in Stanthorpe. It's been the coldest place in Australia. Yeah, so that's uh, that's part of the, the rationale for that. We've got Chris Einem, who is a chef with plenty of experience. He's going to be cooking the food for us. Um, and then on the Saturday, we've got Junior Vassalou coming up, who is um, just incredible with the bodyweight training stuff that he does. He's a GMB lead trainer, and he's going to come up and run us through some locomotion, so monkey, frogger, bear really great for tying your hips to your shoulders and um and so he'll do that for two or three hours on the saturday afternoon as well which should be fantastic um so that the only other thing that i'll mention is uh is devon townsend was was the big thing that we had mentioned uh as something to look up um for people who are looking for uh metal abba or anything in between. He's also done ambient stuff, so it's not just the heavy stuff. Yeah. He's a fairly diverse. He's, look, there's 30 albums you can pick from. Right. Let's uh, let's narrow things down. What are your two favourite albums from? Oh, good grief. Uh, um, 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 um. Okay, he did. A very heavy band called Strapping Young Lad. They released an album called City. That's one of my favourite albums. Um, as far as the Devon Townsend project goes, 
I'm kind of torn between his latest one, Transcendence, and another one called Addicted. So you can check both of those out if you wish. Great. All right. Well, uh, we're about to launch into Martin's interrogation of myself. <laughs> um, so, look, that's the end of part A, and, uh, and we're about to kick into part B, which will be around how and why things began at Queensland Kettlebells, I believe.